You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at, at SportsGuy. Follow Cammy at Cammy and G and follow the show. At Locked On Horns on Twitter, Locked On Longhorns on Instagram. we got a full show today, but I just want to remind you, this episode of the Locked On Longhorns podcast is brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. For all the automotive needs that you could possibly need, low prices, affordability, go to rockauto.com. we got a full show today as we're just 48 hours away from from one of the biggest games of the year, Texas OU. We'll get into that in just a second. We're going to talk a little bit about Sam Ellinger and maybe his mindset going into this game. Who do we think needs to step on step up on offense, on defense? And then we're going to get into the keys to winning this football game. But, Kami, I think it might be a little bit of an important mm-hmm. game. Usually Texas OU is, mm-hmm. but is there more on the mm-hmm. line here? Ooh, that's a great question. I actually – think there is because it's unlike any other year in the sense that uh, these two teams are fighting to stay alive and these are the two powerhouse programs of the Big 12 and I don't think the outcome uh, for either side is going to be great for the Big 12. You're talking about either Oklahoma losing three straight conference games which is unheard of. I can't believe I'm even saying that or you're thinking about Texas losing two straight conference games and dropping two in a row. So it's just they're both coming off unexpected losses. Um, Texas is trying to stay alive for a slim hope or percentage of a college football playoff bid um, and hopefully we'll make it to the Big 12 title game. I think they're in a little bit better position than Oklahoma at this point, but um, the schedule's not uh, much in their favor uh, beginning with Oklahoma. So you still have to play the Kansas State, you still have to play Oklahoma State, so um, Iowa State even. So it looks pretty tough for them moving forward, so I think this is a must-win game. It's a little bit better for Texas in that they haven't played Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, the three teams ahead of them. You know, you're right, though. It looks a lot worse if you look at Oklahoma. Uh, but let's talk about going into this game. Obviously, the the storyline, this could be Sam Ellinger's last Red River rivalry, mm-hmm. shootout, showdown, whatever you want to call it. Um, is there a chance of emotion in this game uh, with the fact that knowing that this could be the last time that he steps foot on the Cotton Bowl Stadium on the Texas Fairgrounds. For some players, I would probably buy into that a little bit, but not with Sam. He's just so mentally tuned into the game every single week. We know the type of competitor he is. Um, I don't even think it's even crossing his mind that this could be his last Red River rivalry. I think he wants to win a Big 12 title before he leaves here. So I think that's uh, crossing his mind maybe more. And I don't necessarily know if I'm ready to say it will be his last game. I think it's uh, depends on how the rest of the season plays out, uh, whether he does get that Big 12 title or or takes his team even further. We don't know. But um, I think at this point he's maybe a middle-round draft pick, and I think he's looking forward to um, – obviously he even um, tried to get his draft grade the year prior. So we know he's looking forward to, uh, I guess, I don't know, playing in the NFL, you could say, but I don't know if it's necessarily the right time for him to go. It's such an odd year. Um, for, I guess, every player in general. I think he needs to um, have a little bit more consistency on his end. He's, like we've mentioned, he's dropped uh, or had some of his worst games against TCU the past two years. So um, 
I don't know. Do you think he's going to stay another year? Because Tom Herman doesn't uh, – he's not ready to even begin talking about this possibly being his last year. You know, when they spoke with the media on Monday, they even asked him that question about Sam Ellinger going into his final Red River rivalry. And his first response was, says who? Um, so Tom Herman yeah. even has that in his mind that this could possibly be just the next to last one uh, with the ruling that they made with the eligibility this year. Mm-hmm. Seniors can come back. Uh, would Sam come back? I'm not sure, but I, I kind of agree with what you were saying there in that maybe if they don't win the Big 12 championship, that elusive Big 12 championship that they've been chasing for over a decade, the last time that they won it, Colt McCoy was your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could see a, a, a scenario where he does come back depending upon what happens. Uh, but as far as uh, Sam Ellinger's mentality, they asked him about the emotions and and uh, when he spoke with the media on Wednesday, and he, he said, my job is to try to eliminate those emotions because my focus is winning the football game. My focus is on instilling some discipline into this football team. You know, he's taking that as a, as a leader. He's taking that full on. And so I'm not worried about Sam Ellinger at all in this. I, I think that he's got the right mentality, the right mindset. Uh, I'm not willing to go out and say that this will be his final one, but if he wins it, I think it's a lot less likely that he returns next year. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we mention this all the time in regards to Sam Ellinger, his leadership, uh, his mental focus. Um, he's a disciplined player. I, I just don't see him having an issue in this game. He always shows up against the toughest competition. We've seen him on, in his first start away at USC bring his team back. We saw him against LSU last season. So uh, he does have his big games against stiff competition like this. And I know he really wants to – uh, get another win under his belt um, with Oklahoma. So he knows how much that game plays into going to the Big 12 title game, and maybe they'll get to meet again later on in the season. Yeah, if they do get to meet on again, it'll be in the Big 12 title game. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Cam Ellinger, Spencer Rattler, one to watch. Speaking of Oklahoma quarterbacks, mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. shot. Baker Mayfield is back in the mm-hmm. news again after a post on Instagram, and I kind of feel like, it's not Texas OU rivalry week until Baker Mayfield chimes in. I agree, but at the same time, even though uh, I guess we're on Texas's side, it's it's what you kind of play these games for. You you like to see the trash talk, especially from former players. Um, you don't necessarily want to see it from current players, but former players, it's all in good fun. Uh, I laughed out loud when I saw his Instagram post. I was like, that was pretty good. He did the, I guess, now iconic horns down a symbol or gesture or whatever you want to call it. And um, I did get a little giggle because it's quite funny that he's having to wear orange in the NFL, even though it's not burnt orange. I just thought that was a funny coincidence, you could say. A coincidence, yes. Uh, but I, I just got word the Big 12 reps have thrown a flag for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct on Baker Mayfield. So it's like a 15-yard penalty to start <laughs> off the Texas OU rivalry week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun and, and – you want to see that. So I, I'm waiting for a Vince Young to chime in. Maybe a Colt McCoy. I know Colt's, you know, play, still playing in the NFL. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was kind of waiting on something. Maybe a Fozzie Whitaker could, could say something. Uh, you know, a, a Ricky Williams, somebody to chime in. I haven't heard anything on the other end of the spectrum yet. But it's something that we're all kind of looking at and waiting for. 
Yeah, I think we'll see. I think we'll see a little bit of that during the game. It, it takes some of our former players a bit, but once the game gets going, you start seeing them chime in on uh, Twitter and things like that. So I think they're a little hesitant at first, but you'll definitely be you'll definitely be seeing some uh, posts coming up pretty shortly. I'm sure. Oh, I don't doubt it. But we're gonna get into the offense, defense. Who needs to step up, and who's the guy that we're gonna circle on the offensive decent defense side of the ball as they prepare for Texas OU weekend. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is one of the best online services right now. If you need any kind of automotive part, they have got it. You just go to their website, rockauto.com, plug in the make, the model of your vehicle, and you get what you need. I needed an oil pump for my truck, so what did I do? I went in and typed in Dodge Ram, and every part that I needed popped up. So I got the part sent to me quickly, got it installed, and I am back to running again. Actually, our boss at Locked On Saints, he actually had an issue where he needed a tailgate for his truck. So what did he do? He went to rockauto.com. Go check it out. Affordable, low prices, and it's a lot easier than having to go into an auto play store. Well, Cammie, let's let's start diving in here to the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. Obviously, looking back at TCU, uh, they scored 29 points in that game, which is actually below their season average that they had through the first two games, obviously a, a much tougher defensive front uh, for the TCU Horn Frogs in that game. But looking back at the offense, was there anyone that you, you know, when you looked at the offense and, and the performance on the field that you felt like, okay, going into Oklahoma, I need more from, from this player, this group. Who needs to step up against Oklahoma? Yeah, for me, it's a little tricky because there's a couple of issues I had in the TCU game. I thought uh, Joshua Moore was just kind of uh, not there. Um, we didn't, I don't think they targeted him enough. Um, obviously, that interception that uh, Sam was uh, trying to get to him was a, a little bit of, uh, I don't, I'm not really sure what I'd call that. Um, Sam always puts it on him, but um, I think he needs to step up more if he's going to be that number one guy for Sam. But I'm going to go ahead and say Keontae Ingram here. I think he absolutely has to rebound. I thought the rushing game uh, suffered against TCU. Roshan led the team in carries with only five carries. Um, I think that's obviously an issue. And you have three of the most talented, uh, or I guess the running back room, probably one of the most talented running back room in terms of depth. Um, in all of college football, you have the nation's number one running back at uh, third string right now, technically, even though it's a running back by committee. You have Roshan Johnson, who's looked impressive, and you have Keontae Ingram. And uh, I think he had 11 carries for just 40 yards or something along those lines. So, and obviously, everyone remembers that fumble at the goal line. And uh, apparently, he was the only running back available at that, that time. So, I hope he's able to rebound. I think they need much more from him uh, in this Oklahoma game. They have to get that run game going. So, um, I'm just going to go go ahead and say that running back by committee right there needs to step up. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears on you. I'm gonna say wide receivers need to step up in this game. Uh, we, when you look at the size of the defensive backs on Oklahoma, all under six foot, you got guys like Malcolm Epps. You have guys like uh, Brennan Eagles. You know, guys that are much bigger wide receivers. But I'll even say Jake Smith, even though he's a little smaller on the stature side. He had a play where if he catches the ball, he probably scores a touchdown on the third down, crucial play in the game. Uh, and obviously there was a concentration drop there. So if you look at that play, and that those are the type of little things that, that we've harped on that, that Texas mm -hmm. needs to fix for this game. So catching the football, obviously. <laughs> I want to see more from Jared Wiley. 
Um, he's a big, he's a big target. And, and, and the one thing, if you go back and look at the Oklahoma game, they struggled against their tight ends. Charlie Kohler is one of their, mm-hmm. their better receivers, taller guy. So challenge these guys physically, box them out. You know, when I look at the offensive side of the ball, that's where I'm looking. You know, I, I expect the running backs to be better. Obviously what you talked about, Keontae Ingram, Roshan should be back. Bijan should play a lot more. We only saw him for a kickoff return at the very beginning of the game, play that was called back, and we didn't see him again. Um, you know, so those are things that I want to see uh, offensively. Like you said, Joshua Moore. I know he was injured. He had three targets in that game. He didn't catch a single one. Uh, where's Tariq Black? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we talked about him earlier in the season. You know, he made some plays against UTEP, but we didn't see much. See him versus Tech either, yeah. Not against Tech. I mean, we really didn't see anything versus TCU. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were expecting a lot of him coming over from Michigan. Uh, he won the starting job over Brennan Eagles coming into camp. So, mm-hmm. uh, or coming out of camp. So, where where are they at on that? So, if I got a circle of player, um, it's going to be in that wide receiver group, and I might stick with Jake Smith right now. But the one good thing, uh, Jordan Whittington looks like he's going to be back. How much he's going to play, not sure. But now you have two guys in the slot who can win, shifty guys in open space. And, you know, looking at those guys, I think that that should give the Oklahoma defense uh, some trouble, not that they needed any more trouble coming mm-hmm. into this season. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's a, a discipline factor with that wide receiver core because we witnessed so many major – or the Jake Smith one is the one that pops out to me against TCU. That was, There was just so much open field in front of him. That was a crucial drop, a crucial moment of the game. You could argue that was one of the biggest moments of the game in itself. But Jake Smith, I think uh, there's nothing to be worried about with him. I think he's going to be one of Texas' top offensive weapons going through this season. Uh, that was his first game back. Obviously, he was held out uh, – with UTEP and Texas Tech, and he was, uh, I guess, dealing with that hamstring strain. So I expected a little rest from him. You have to think about it. There was COVID, uh, his hamstring strain. That was his first live game action. Uh, He got a lot of looks, though, and I think they need to continue relying on him uh, moving forward. And it's very rare for him to make mistakes like that, so I'm hoping it's a fluke deal. But I agree. I think both the running backs and wide receivers need to step up. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Who are you looking at? Um, Obviously – the defense has come under fire all season or through three games, so all season. Uh, it feels like it's the same defense that we saw under Todd Orlando. They bring in Chris Ash, same mm-hmm. problems. So when you look at this defense, where are you looking? Who needs to improve in this game? I'm looking at linebacker core here. I, I, know, they're, I know they're dealing with some injuries right now, but uh, Overshone I think is the one who has had five missed tackles in the past two games each. And so I think that he really needs to – and they said they were – focusing on tackling after the Tech game because there was just missed tackle after missed tackle after missed tackle. It was eating them alive. And then um, they claim the tackling got a bit better against TCU, but um, they were, like I mentioned, dealing with some injuries at that specific position. But uh, Overshone specifically is leading the team in missed tackles, and that absolutely has to change on the defensive side of the ball if they want to be successful against Oklahoma. Yeah, if you go and look at pro football focus, their advanced stats, uh, five missed tackles against Texas Tech, five missed tackles against TCU. They were a little bit better. They had 19 missed tackles against Texas Tech and then 15 last week. But when you get in those double-digit missed tackles, that's where points start getting put up on the board. And obviously, you go look at Tech. They scored 56 points on this team. You know, and then, and then you look at, you know, TCU, another 33 points. 
you know, so so they have got to shore that up. And, and you're right, it starts at the linebacker position. But I'm going to point to Joseph Asai. I think he's a guy going into this season, everybody was talking about him. We talked about him a bunch. We've talked about him, it seems like, each and every week as a guy who's got to step up. If you go back and look, before TCU, he didn't even have a sack. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, he had three tackles for loss against TCU. He had the sack, force fumble. Uh, I, I believe he led the team in tackles. So he's doing his job, but he needs to do a more concerted effort to get to the quarterback, especially when you look at a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, who does mm-hmm. so well with buying time. they got to find a way to contain him, and it all starts on the edge with Joseph aside. So that's who I'm looking at. Obviously, when you have a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, he's a young guy going into his first Red River rivalry game. Uh, so – how is he going to deal with all of that? And then you look on the back end, he's given up some plays, four interceptions in the last two games and those two losses. So which one of these cornerbacks is going to step up or, or somebody mm-hmm. in the secondary, which safety? They've got to find a way to ter- to create drives for this offense because, frankly, neither one of these defenses have had any luck at trying to stop the opposing offense. Yeah, it really worries me when Texas has to go up against a mobile quarterback. Uh, they've had issues with those nonstop. We just saw what uh, TCU and Max uh, Dugan was able to do to us last week. So that worries me on how they're going to stop them, but I agree. I think Osai did come up huge in that TCU game with that uh, strip sack. I thought that was a crucial moment of the game, but uh, hopefully he can kind of ride this hot streak because that's kind of what happened happened with Osai, I guess, at the end of last season. Yeah, he's specifically looking at the Alamo Bowl, and, you know, he was that defense. reason why they named him defensive MVP in that game, we talk about the three sacks, the tackles for loss. You know, I think that the success of the defense all depends on him. I think him creating pressure is going to allow – Caden Stearns is going to allow a Deshaun Jameson, a Josh Thompson, you know, uh, B.J. Foster. So they got all of these uh, – mm-hmm. Chris Brown – they have all of these guys in the back in the defensive backfield that can create for them. And then you got a young quarterback who has shown the propensity to turn the ball over. So I think those are the things that you really got to watch out for. And and we expect a lot out of Caden Stearns. He led the team in interceptions two years ago as a freshman. Last year was Deshaun Jameson. So I think first and foremost, it's, it starts with those two guys, even though you could arguably say that Josh Thompson's probably been their best corner through three weeks, even though he didn't look the greatest last week. Yeah, my uh, my guy to kind of watch for in the secondary is Chris Atamora here. I, I think he's I think he's either been second or close to second um, on the team in tackles in every game so far. So I think he's performing really well, and he's going to come up big for them soon, I'm sure. All right, well, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about matchups. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Uh, I absolutely love Built Bar. Uh, as I've been walking more each day and trying to exercise, lose weight, get healthy, Built Bar is absolutely helping me. Uh, as me and Cami talk about all the time, trying to avoid the COVID-30, those 30 pounds. We're not getting out. We're not being as active as we should be with, with the pandemic going on. So I go to Built Bar. I want you to head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You're going to get 10% off your first order. They have so many. They have 12 of their original flavors, six new ones. I personally love the mint brownie fantastic and their cheesecake is delicious it's fantastic go to builtbar.com use that promo code locked on you get 10 percent off 
right, Cammie, so let's talk a little bit about matchups to watch in this game. First and foremost, is there anything on that on this Oklahoma offense that really worries you? Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a tough battle. I mean, outside of Spencer Rattler, I think everyone kind of knows how big of a threat he is. Uh, he's a mobile, mobile quarterback, obviously one of the more accurate ones. But I'm thinking of Charleston Rambo here. I think he's one of the top wide receivers in the Big 12. I think he's the top wide receiver that Texas has faced this year. Uh, so I'm a, little, I'm a little bit worried to see how the secondary does. I know we just kind of touched on them, but uh, that's probably the threat I'm worried about most on Oklahoma's offense. Yeah, Charleston Rambo is the guy you're going to have to watch out for. And, you know, who's he going to match up against? Are they going to put Thompson on him? Is it going to be Deshaun Jamison? Uh, are they going to put him in the slot to try to get a matchup against Chris Adamora? Um, you know, so it's going to be really interesting to see the offensive side. Uh, you know, I think Pledger, the running back, is the guy that you're going to have to worry about. Uh, just from what I've seen, uh, running backs can do. Uh, in an Oklahoma offense, they, they are dynamic. And, and, and Lincoln Riley's one, he'll dial it up to get the ball in his running back's hands. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see. I know – that Texas hasn't really had much success, especially if you go back and look at that Texas Tech game. Uh, Sir Roger Thompson had a big game against Texas. So they've got to find a way to slow that running back down. And we're talking about Pledger. I know that uh, offensively you can talk Spencer Rattler. You can talk Charleston Rambo. I mean, they have some playmakers on that offense. And obviously it starts with the passing game, but I think they have to slow down that running game as well to try and make them more – uh, one-dimensional, and that's only going to help the defense. That's only going to help Joseph Asai as far as trying to get to the quarterback. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And now that has me thinking, so I guess what's the most favorable matchup for Texas coming into this game on offense? I'm, it's tough for me. I'm, there's several different mismatch you could have. We've talked about Jared Wiley. I think he's a mismatch in itself. He's six seven. I don't think they necessarily use him enough as a tight end uh, in the receiving game. And – I think I would probably lean Jake Smith here. I think he's he's nearly unstoppable as a slot receiver when he's on, and I think they need to target him. Uh, obviously, they target him quite a bit against TCU, but I think he's going to be a, a big part of this game plan. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there. I mean, you're talking about Jake Smith on the inside. You're trying to create something for that offense. Uh, I'm interested to see how Creed Humphrey – their top-rated offensive lineman does against Keandre Ingram and, or, or I'm sorry, Keandre Colburn up there in the middle. How how does how does that matchup work? I'm looking at Joseph Asai on the outside, Quan Graham, because uh, obviously the the Oklahoma offensive line have had trouble with protecting the quarterback or, or uh, from keeping pressure, I should say, to the quarterback. You know, so that's a matchup I want to see. And then obviously when we talk about offense, I want to see how the Running backs are incorporated here. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I think really when you look at it, Roshan Johnson has really been your best running back, more explosive plays. He's been the physical presence. I know uh, in the passing game, maybe Keontae's been a little bit better, and, and really we haven't got to see much out of Bijan Robinson. Uh, he, he's kind of the low man uh, as far as his number of snaps so far, mm -hmm. even though Coach Herman has said – he wants to keep it even across the board. So those are some of the matchups. I want to see, like we've talked about before, the wide receivers against these much smaller defenders. You brought up Jared Wiley, Kate Brewer, Malcolm Epps. They have weapons. And, and the fact that they got Jordan Whittington back, how are they going to use him? What kind of matchups mm -hmm. are they going to try to get? Are they going to put him in the backfield and maybe motion him out wide, see what the defense is doing? You know, I think there's a lot of ways that Mike Yersich can attack this defense. And 
And obviously he has experience with attacking an Oklahoma Sooners defense. Uh, it's gonna, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out for them in this game. Yeah, I think Yurcich needs to be creative with how he uses all these offensive weapons. There, there's numerous at his disposal. We mentioned Jordan Winnison, Jake Smith, Josh Moore, Tariq Black, uh, all the tight ends you can necessarily put there. So, I mean, the running backs are so versatile. And like I just mentioned, Jared Wiley as well. But even Whittington can go and help in the backfield when needed. He obviously uh, kind of swapped over to running back last year, then got hurt, and now it's back to wide receiver. So if they need depth, there, I mean, Whittington's prob- probably going to be your guy, but I just want to see Yursich get more creative and adapt a little better. And I don't know if, how deep into the playbook he's gotten. I'd be really worried if he has because it's been kind of a blah play calling, especially against TCU. But uh, he just has to find a way to get these uh, get the ball in these hands because I don't know. There's no excuse to me. Um, I know Josh Moore, obviously, we mentioned was dealing with a little bit of an injury, but uh, getting the ball in your best player's hands, he kind of preached that all off season, and I've yet to really see it uh, so far. I mean, I, I mean, you can count UTEP, but uh, I don't really I count that as solid competition. So uh, he he has to prove a lot. I don't think it's just Herman here. I think Yurcich needs to uh, show some creativity here. So the big question is, how does Texas win this football game, Cami? Ooh. All right. Um, I think Roshan uh, goes for over 100 yards in this game. That, that's your key is Roshan going for over 100 yards. Yeah, I think one yeah. of the things that they've got to do is I think they've got to create more opportunities for your offense. So turnovers, uh, you know, force three and outs, maybe get the return game going. Uh, they've got to create those, those opportunities because obviously we expect the offense to be good and they can score. The problem is that they haven't had the ability to get off of the field. Uh, yeah. And, and so that's my big thing when I look at this football team. I think that they've got to do those things to win this football game. Yeah, I was just going to add to that point as well that they just can't beat themselves. I mean, even Sam mentioned when he spoke with the media on Wednesday that he just felt like this team was uh, playing undisciplined football. They were beating themselves. Uh, obviously, we witnessed how many penalties they had against TCU, the big drops, the fumble. They just have to quit beating themselves. And I think if they can play uh, disciplined football, like I mentioned, um, a little bit more prepared game plan, they looked flat coming out against TCU. Um, I think they'll win this football game. So. I just think they can't beat themselves here. And obviously you have to get that run game going. You can't rely on Sam uh, heavily, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think you're right. Don't beat yourself. Create opportunities for your quarterback in this offense, and that should do you well. And obviously both teams are very similar in that their defense has been tested and and not very effective this year. Uh, That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Make sure you're checking out Locked On Podcast for your team every day. But for Tammy, I'm Patrick, and as always, keep it locked on. Hook em.